Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What's up, man? Just uh, enjoying our free time on this planet, you know? <laughs> it has been a very eerie couple days. Um, Killed a mosquito. Yeah, it's um, Monday night, mm-hmm. and who knows what's going to happen in the next few days. This is, go- this is right. coming out Friday night, or this Friday is, morning. This is Monday night, March 16th. Yeah. Uh, at this point... You know, we're under a global pandemic with the coronavirus. We are seeing businesses and places shut down. Um, a quarantine's probably coming. By the time you listen to this, maybe we're already under a quarantine where you can't leave your house for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's um, already been a government-mandated shutdown. Right. Of 250 groups or 250 people groups or more. Well, actually, it's changed to now they don't want more than 50 meeting. And Is that... The governor came came out with that. I think that's what Trump said. Oh, POTUS. Well, um, who knows where this is going to go? Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're trying to get ahead of it. We're not news reporters or anything, right? But we want to offer. Well, I want to pick your brain, Chad, mm-hmm. and hear you offer some wisdom on how we're looking at this spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you just open us up with a few thoughts, and then we'll we'll kind of see where it takes us. Yeah, so I say it's an eerie feeling because, you know, this, you know, we were talking before this, neither of us have, in our lifetime have experienced something like this to where the world is essentially shutting down Yeah, um, to try to regulate this, um, this virus that's spreading that um, is, is deadly for some. Um, it's very contagious. Um, the biggest issue seems like is the um, the panic widespread, which understandably, um, because it's so contagious, there's not really an answer for it at this point. And if people's immune systems are compromised or autoimmune diseases or old age, those tend to be the most at risk for death. Um, and And some countries... Like Italy, who didn't really do the quarantine thing early, has seen a lot of death and a lot of yeah. Their spread. fatality rate is much higher than mm-hmm. China or anywhere else, which I think has caused all the other countries to say we need to do something serious here. Which, once again, I'm totally on board for. Really, um, it's not because my family's maybe at risk because everyone in my family are kind of in that realm of healthy and young enough to where if we get it, it probably is not deadly for us. But still at the same time, if we get it and go around and are interacting with people who may be at risk, we could still spread it. And so I'm all on board with with that. And, um, you know, from a pastor's perspective too, it's kind of a, a time of um, 
uncertainty in the sense of there's a widespread fear and a panic in a lot of ways. And this is really a trial um, that our world has faced in a way that I don't think um, we've ever seen. Right. We've seen things like a hurricane hit in a certain place or... Yeah, it's never been like the whole country or the whole world is worrying about the same thing. Right. You know, like last year, California with wildfires, you know, that was a big deal for that region. Or like when the hurricane hit Houston a couple years ago, that was a big deal there with flooding and and things. Obviously, here in New Orleans, we most famously in the recent, you know, 10 or 12 years. 05. 05, Katrina hit, and Mm -hmm. that was really a hard thing for this area and a lot of deaths and a lot of people lost. um, I think like 4,000 people died. And, I mean, we meet people now and they have stories of like pre-Katrina, post-Katrina. You know, Mm -hmm. it made a lot of people pick up their lives and had to move somewhere else. And and, um, and so we've seen those kind of things, but in our time period, there's been plagues before, there's been uh, pandemics like this before in, in, you know, the history of the world, but not in our lifetime. Right. And we've never been this connected as right. a global society mm-hmm. to really see and, and keep track of it the mm-hmm. way we're doing. You yes. know, it's like we would find out about Italy like, you know, mm-hmm. a month from now. Right. Like, oh, Italy went through this too. Yeah, but now with social media as well as kind of the global economy, it's it's impacting us in a lot of ways economically and all kinds of things. So, Well, let's take a detour there. So when you're... When something like this is unfolding, mm-hmm. I feel like there's two ways to get information. There's there's websites like CDC, WHO mm-hmm. that are releasing statistics. They're also releasing right. like practical advice. They're, the CDC's even doing like projections, mm-hmm. you know, based on different different uh, models. Right. But then there's also anecdotes. You know, someone may like catch a Facebook live of someone in Italy, mm-hmm. like describing how terrible it was and they may say say something like uh u.s you don't know what's coming like it's mm-hmm. so bad you know and so right. which causes a fear and a panic yeah which is coming from a place of truth but also a place of maybe that's true maybe it's not but at the same time we should be cautious you know there's all kinds of things swirling it just seems like the anecdotal pieces get so much mm-hmm. heavier like it's it's weighted heavier in a person's brain, you know, and I'm susceptible to this too. I feel like I fight against it because I want to be logical and reasonable, mm-hmm. um, but it's still something I feel like I have to fight against. Right. But the other side, it's it's also wise for us to trust the experts who are trying to do their best to to respond and and keep us as safe as possible, uh, even though you know in our armchair quarterback way we're we don't feel like it's that big of a deal, but you know, obviously, the people at the CDC are are advising our country and advising the world in in different ways, and so I definitely think it's also wise for us to to take caution in that way. And so you get this. The I hear these extremes of fear and panic, and don't leave the house, and people who are who are truly afraid. You get the other side that. You know, we see a lot of, like, faith, not fear, which I agree with, and we'll talk more about. But also that way can be very um, ignorant and callous, too, in a way of, like, what does that mean, faith, not fear? Because faith doesn't negate wisdom. 
either. Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes you see some of those posts from other pastors and things, and it seems a little bit um, reckless in some ways because they're the what they're saying is like we just need to keep living life as normal and faith, not fear, and that's true in the sense of we should have faith in what the Lord's doing, but at the same time, uh, there's wisdom, <laughs> right? You know, and, and someone's not being faithless. When is there a place for fear when you're faced with something like this? Or I mean, is there a right emotion? Like the eeriness you described, like... Well, yeah. The, well, the reality is that there is a reality of um, of us as finite humans. I think what we're seeing more than anything else is people are being brought to the reality of their um, humanism, of their finiteness, of the fact that any uh, we could die. Like, death is reality. Right. And we talk about that a lot. I, I kind of call it like the, the matrix we live in. We live all the time as if nothing's going to happen. We just kind of go about our days and, you know, check our social media and go to work and um, hang out with our friends or live life in such a way that the, that the end is not a reality. We kind of ignore the reality of sickness and death and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, something like this brings that about to everyone in a way of that a lot of people maybe they don't think about regularly so now it's like on the forefront of their minds and so there's a panic with that because it brings a lot of questions right like what does that mean i don't want to die what if my family members die what if this what if that and and those are all real things right we're just able to distract ourselves from them most of the time right and now those distractions are being taken away right all sporting events are canceled. <laughs> right. Now we can't go anywhere. Right. We can't go to restaurants. Right. We're kind of stuck mm-hmm. in our houses. Mm-hmm. And that reality is not wrong. What I would argue is that reality is always present. We just ignore it. Mm-hmm. The reality is people die all the time. People die unexpectedly. Car crashes, things of that nature, um, which jolts us if we ever experience that or a family member gets cancer and you know, out of nowhere or whatever, you know, and those things bring us back to reality. But most yeah, of us... I mean, cancer should be way scarier than right. this virus. I mean, I know I don't want to, um, like, demean what it's going to do to our, our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I feel like from what I've read up, it's that's the most dangerous thing that's, that's mm-hmm. plaguing us now is, like, what it's going to do to our hospitals. Mm-hmm. We only have, like, under a million beds in the country. Right, and you've got millions of people who are sick. It, it makes it a very real problem. Yeah, but what I'm kind of talking about is, so if you look at the numbers, cancer kills 650,000 people a year. Mm-hmm. So that is a much more real present concern to us. But mm-hmm. somehow this is scarier mm-hmm. when we have a much less chance right. of dying from coronavirus than cancer. Because cancer could hit anyone at any time. Right. There's no like... Yeah, only if you're older and have other health complications. Like, mm-hmm. But it's also a real present threat that's happening at a rapid pace that we don't have an answer to yet. Whereas right. cancer, we've we've kind of learned how to deal with it or, you know, there's... Ignore it. Ignore right. it or, you know, if you get cancer now, like there's a chance to defeat it, you know. We have a healthcare system now that in a lot of cases you can overcome it or go into remission sometimes you can't right right <clears throat> um 
and we're constantly trying to find those cures. But the real question that I see is, okay, what do you do with real and present fear? You know, like, okay, that's the reality we're in. We, we're facing it. So how do we find peace and faith in these present times mm-hmm. in a real way? Not in a, let's swing the pendulum to like, hey, let's just ignore it and have faith and just trust. Like, that's not, I don't think it's what God's trying to teach us through this, mm-hmm. right? When we're faced with reality, it's an opportunity for us to become more dependent upon the Lord. For those who are believers or for those who are, aren't, it's a time that I think the gospel can thrive. Meaning, we always say that gospel thrives in reality, and right now people are faced with reality. And they're right. thinking about the reality. Like they're, they're not being distracted anymore. You know, we're being um, faced with the reality of our, the fact that a plague could hit and it could take out millions of people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so the Bible talks about this a lot. Um, one of the places that I think about is in James. And there's a lot of places in Scripture where it talks about these kind of things, but um, but this one kind of hits me where he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when we meet trials of various kinds. This is in James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. And he says, For you know that this testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Right? And so when you meet trials of various kinds, you know, when we read that, I think in the context of that time, there was persecution for those who were believers, and that, that was what this was written for, but it, but it expands to trials of various kinds. And the trial we're facing right now is, is one of living in a sinful, fallen world, and disease is a real thing, and, and we are not eternal beings, that we all have an expiration date. And, and for some, this could cause that to be now. You know, and so that this is a trial of various kinds. This is a, re- a real trial um, that we're facing, as well as we're, we're facing economic trials. I mean, for me, you know, we've talked about it, and you can talk about it for yourself. You know, God has called us, uh, called myself um, and my partner, Mike Linstead, and we've hired Laura Coley, um, and we're starting the Nehemiah Project. And we've stepped out on faith to do that. Nehemiah Project's um, a um, nonprofit that we're creating that, that helps those who are struggling with the, the slavery of addiction and life-dominating issues, and we're trying to um, really help in that way, but there's a lot of like faith and the startup of it and raising the money for it. And mm-hmm. we just signed a lease on a building that we're starting to retrofit, and we're stepping out on faith, and then this hits mm-hmm. in a time where the economy is really being hit hard right now. So raising money and getting something started feels like uh, a very daunting task. Yeah. More than it was in the beginning. Right, it was already hard. Right. You're already taking a huge step. Right. So now I'm faced with, okay, you know, you, you ask that question of, okay, does, did God call us to do this? Like, why did he call us to do this now? And so you can look at it a bunch of different ways. You can look at it from the human side. Oh, no, I was asking you that before before mm-hmm. we, we got on the air and I was basically like, because I'm in the same boat, like right. stepping... With Camp Outreach. Yeah, stepping out in faith in something. And we both, Chad and I both made these decisions mm-hmm. before all this was going on. So now right. it's like, oh, is this shutting the door? Right. You know, and, but Cause like you say... In a very, 
in a very real way, it's like this is not the most optimal time to raise money. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, or be on a campus where the students aren't there. <laughs> right. The colleges have closed down. They're going home. Right. <laughs> like, or we're trying to help people, but we're not allowed to even like meet with people right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what are we supposed Which to do? Which there are that? ways around all those right. things. Like, Or even from a pastor's perspective, you know, like we can't have church. We can't. We can't shepherd our people in in like a traditional way of a Sunday morning service, or right. or um, we can't even do home church right now. Yeah, um, and so what do we do with all that? Like, but this is not outside of God's realm. It's not outside of His control. It's not outside of His sovereign plan. God knew that He was going to allow this to happen before we made all those decisions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the fact that He's called us to do those things. So what does it? What should it produce? You're asking me? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know what I want to say, but I want to see what you say. Yeah, I, would, I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> Let me take a stab at it. What should the trial produce? Yeah. Um, what does the passage say that I just read? Endurance? Mm-hmm. Steadfastness. Steadfastness. Well, that's that was my prayer. It's like, because I felt like it was an opportunity to back out. It's like, oh, maybe God's like mm-hmm. wanting, to, wanting to shut the door. Mm-hmm. But then I had to remember, like... Well, why am I doing this in the first place? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it for myself or am I doing it because I felt like God is calling us to it? And mm-hmm. I definitely sought the Lord before I made this decision. And I do feel like he's calling us. And I remember it was like his providence in the way that we made the decision. Right. And that, like, I feel like he just wants mm-hmm. me to keep pressing forward. Right. And f- now it's even harder. Right. Like the faith that I'm needing to to come up with to keep moving forward mm-hmm. and be encouraged. Right. You know, that's the thing. It's like, it's one thing to just step forward and, and keep going, but like to mm-hmm. do it with encouragement, you know, mm-hmm. like to know that God is with me still. Right. Um, and that was my answer to it. It's like, I got to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I was I was excited about it being a little um, familiar. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, this is completely uncharted, mm-hmm. but we got to keep going. Right. And why do you got to keep going? Well, I mean, that's where the opportunity is to trust God and we have to depend on him. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at ministry to begin with, it was because I wanted to depend on God. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I felt like I needed to grow in in my walk was, right. um, I share this story a lot, but we were reading a George Mueller book and the way he was providing in this book got my eight-year-old to just, her jaw dropped and she said, wow, it's like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I realized, like, my life is not a fairy tale. I control everything about my life, mm-hmm. from finances to, um, you know, what we do. And, and you know, it's, and so it's like the whole point was to step out in faith to really depend on God, to get out of this comfort zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I, I didn't know we'd be walking into something like this. Nobody did, you know. Right. Didn't see this coming. No one has control right now. Right. Which you just said a very theological statement. Which yes. Is- which is, it really tests your belief system in the sense of, do you believe God's in control or do you feel like you're in control, right? And trials, the reason why it produces steadfastness is it forces us to be, be dependent upon God, right? If, you're, if I'm to trust in myself or trust in circumstance, I would run from this. Because nothing about this situation seems wise, Mm-hmm. Seems like a good idea, right? Um, to start a nonprofit in the midst of this, um, a nonprofit 
is built off the funding of other people and a lot of people's finances are not great right now or depending on the economy right or a church which is also a nonprofit and trusting in a congregation of believers to stay faithful you know it's scary but when i think about what is true the truth is god is always sovereign in control and these trials produce steadfastness when I put my eyes on God, and I realize it's not about me. It's about God. It's God who is, who has called. It's God who's, who's made our church flourish because he's the one who's, who's um, growing people, and he's the one drawing people. He's the one saving people. We're just to be faithful, right? And if he's called us to step out in these, these ways that we've just talked about, then he's the one in control of that too, Right? And so for us, it's a test in trusting God. And that produces a steadfastness. And he says, uh, and he says it, and let it have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And it's not talking about material things. It's talking about faith, right? Perfect and complete, meaning I fully trust God. I'm fully going to depend upon him. And I'm not lacking in nothing. He's the one who's providing everything. And so when he provides in these ways, or even if he doesn't, he's still getting the glory for it all, right? And so as we approach a trial like this, to me, this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for me personally to grow in my own faith and my trust of the Lord and be dependent upon God. It's an opportunity to shepherd our people. Uh, Sam and I talked about this yesterday, the other lead pastor. Of, this is an opportunity for us to shepherd our church and not being dependent upon the um, the structure of the church or the function of the church to to um, produce their faithfulness, meaning like come on Sundays, go to church, do this, do the routine, right? But to truly like trust they can God, still walk with God without exactly. Sunday morning. It's an opportunity for us to shepherd our people in what it looks like to be faithful to the Lord, even if you don't have a Sunday service to go to, or even if you don't have your pastors to meet with, you know, mm-hmm. that it, that you should, our job is to equip you to be faithful to God. And yeah. So it's an opportunity for us to really call people to that and see our church be strengthened in that way. But also it's an opportunity for us to watch God provide through this and trust in his provision through this as well. And so there's so many opportunities in this, and so, what I would you say that there's like okay. a mercy in that he allows, like right now he's mm-hmm. allowing everyone to have this opportunity, mm-hmm. and not really run from it. Yeah, you can't really run from it. Like we we were both faced with the opportunity of stepping out in faith when you started Nehemiah and I went through mm-hmm. campus outreach, but we could have just avoided that. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to do that to ourselves. You know, we could have ignored the call mm-hmm. and. I mean, neither of us would have, but mm-hmm. we, you know, potentially could have avoided that and not have to be in faith. But now everyone's faced with this opportunity to, are you going to depend on God? Right. Or are you going to not? Anyways, I cut you off, so yeah, no, continue. You're, you're right. You can't run from it. It's, it's kind of forced, but that's God's mercy in the sense of what's the win? The win in the world is that people would see God. The, the win is that people would stop living their lives for themselves and realize that God is truly in control and he is truly God and we are, we are made for him, not him made for us. Mm-hmm. It's about God, not about us. 
the win is seeing God and becoming dependent upon him. And also the win in all this too is his mercy is to produce an opportunity for people to wrestle with the reality of our of our existence, meaning our finiteness. The fact that at the end of the day, this is all going to end no matter if you live a great, comfortable, successful life. Best case scenario, you live 120 years, right? That's like the the record or whatever, you know? I think so. Um, but even then, like the fa- even if you live that long, the possibility of you having like a healthy, full life the whole time is... Solid 100. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> 110 maybe. Right? Um, but at the end of the day, we're all going to die. And so it's also an opportunity for us to develop an eternal mindset, meaning this life is temporary. What's beyond it? Mm-hmm. And to wrestle with the question of who is God? Is he real? For us who claim to believe in him, do we truly trust him? And this is an opportunity for us to grow deeper in our faith. But for those who are who are not a believer in, in Christ or believe in God, God is bringing about a reality that could give them the opportunity to think outside of themselves and wrestle with that question and hopefully come to know him as well, yeah. right? And so that kind of with this, the vein of what we've been talking about recently on our podcasts, you know, with making disciples and sharing our faith, we have a great opportunity right now in this time because everyone is forced to focus on reality and we know that the gospel thrives in reality Mm -hmm. because the gospel is about the good news that Jesus Christ came lived the perfect life, died for our sins because we're all sinful and without a relationship with God. We spend eternity apart from him in hell. But when we wrestle with the truth of the gospel, we may be saved through Christ and have an eternal hope and spend the rest of our eternity with God in heaven because of Jesus. And so as we're wrestling with that eternal question, for us who are believers, this is a time for us to step up and say, I have an opportunity to have that conversation with my friend or my neighbor or my uh, my coworker who who doesn't have a relationship with God, but is now starting to really wrestle with the big questions of life. And I have an answer to that. I have an opportunity to sow seeds of the gospel and see God move in that way. To me, this could produce a revival. You know, um, when the whole world is really questioning reality. We have an opportunity to share about the truth and the good news of Jesus Christ that that even if everything ended, if we believe in Christ, our our eternity is secure and, and it doesn't end for us. Yeah. You know? And so with that, I really want to challenge us to think through that, think through the possibilities, to use this time as a time to really see the gospel go out, to see um, people saved, to see people... Uh, come to know the Lord, but also it's an opportunity for us to seek the wisdom of God. So when we're faced with trials, we're forced to not think in our own wisdom, but we're we're forced to seek wisdom. And James says a little bit later, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. Right? But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. So this is an opportunity for us who have plenty of opportunities to doubt, to be focused on fear, to be focused on uh, what could happen 
And it forces us to say, why am I so afraid? Is it because I'm trying to control my life and my own abilities and keep myself safe? Or is this an opportunity for me to, to run to the Lord, to trust his sovereign hand, to trust his protection, to trust him with whatever he wants for my life, and to seek wisdom that comes from him? And to begin to act in a wise way, you know, when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to my life. Um, and wisdom doesn't look like ignoring the things around us, you know? Right. We've chosen to shut down services and shut down things, not because we're afraid, but because we want to be wise, we want to be loving to our neighbors, we want to be loving to the people in our congregation to not put a, a guilt on them, to feel like they have to try to come to church and risk, you know? We, well, we have a congregation full of brand new babies and little kids and so we want to be wise in that way too and loving in that way because our faith doesn't depend upon showing up to church for one worship service right right our faith should be much deeper than that and go broader than that and so it's an opportunity for us to love and to 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 act in a wise way to to comply with what our government's trying to do even though we don't agree with everything our government does, but at the same time, we want to submit humbly and lovingly mm-hmm. and be wise in that way. There's a lot of just wisdom that God gives us because our hope's not in this world. Our hope's in God, and we're not worried about the future. The reason why we react in fear, I think, is because we're uncertain about our future, and we want to take control of it. Yeah, We know God's in control of this, and it's going to be okay. And, mm-hmm. if, he, and if he deems it, that this is the end, <laughs> then it would be the end and it'd be okay. Right. But it's probably not going to be. And so our our understanding of God and the Bible tells us that God is in control and he works all things for our good for those who know him and love him, uh, Romans 8, I think 28. And so with that truth, we're like, okay, we know that God's working all things for our good. He's doing this on purpose. So what purpose can we find in this? What mm-hmm. can we learn from this? What can we do in this trial that would produce steadfastness? What wisdom would he show us? And how can we leverage this to do the one thing that's that's most important, which is show the love of Christ and, and point people to him and see people saved through through the gospel? Yeah. So that's that's my challenge to those. Uh, especially in our church, but even those who are listening who are believers, this is an opportunity for us to love our neighbors well. You know, I'm thinking about my neighbors. I'm texting them, just let them know I'm praying for them and I'm caring about them. And, hey, if they want to come over and just hang out and have a barbecue, you know, this this could be a great opportunity for me to share the gospel with my neighbors again. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. And we had to uh, think through that too as we're kind of on the support raising campaign. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, man, out of a respect for what everyone's going through, like until this develops further, like we need to, because one thing we say when we're support raising is that's ministry too. It's Mm -hmm. happening both ways. They're ministering to us by partnering with us, but we want to minister to them as well by one, exposing them to what God's doing Mm -hmm. in our ministry. But at this point, like, what God's doing is is bigger than mm-hmm. that. It's it would seem, and so just checking up on people, mm-hmm. and you know, doing exactly what you're saying, and and now more so than ever, being available. Mm-hmm. You know, I find myself as soon as things started getting canceled, I started getting excited. <laughs> I started seeing all these checklists in my mind, like things I haven't been able to do. Mm-hmm. Immediately, like taking, it's like this 
the gift of time has been given to our family to spend time together and I'm immediately taking it for myself, you know, like just hoarding it. Like right. I can read these books, you know, I can go work on this project. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm doing this like outside of, you know, meeting with my wife to like try to like as a team develop, you know, mm -hmm. our strategy. And so that was, that's kind of what we went through today and it was not easy and I failed <laughs> as a husband and a leader there. Um, but right. the Lord does give us second chances. So oh, yeah. we'll try it again in the morning. You know, and it, it is so good. Like I went through that same thing, you know, Sam and I talked last night even, and it's just like, you know, God doesn't, he does, he does it for a bigger purpose, but then it also relates to us personally. And right before all this hit, I felt like overwhelmed and how could I possibly be faithful to everything? And, and in some ways, he's stripped away a lot of things for now that it has allowed a lot to open up. You know, I can be a better husband and father right now in this time. I have a lot of time with my family. And so I can use this time to really invest well there to where maybe um, in the past couple of weeks I've been super busy and not not able to as well. Or it's an opportunity, you know. I was worried about writing the program for Nehemiah Project and having that ready, and now I've got time to read and write more. Or, yeah. or like I said, you know, I've been feeling like, man, I really wish I had more time to really spend with my neighbors in a really great way. And and now, if we get quarantined, you know, <laughs> I got all the time in the world to be out in my front yard and just talking to my neighbors and seeing just how they're doing. Just keep that six feet. Yeah, just keeping the, the distance, you know. <laughs> um. And so I'm trying to see if I understand that God's in control and he's doing things on purpose, then there is a purpose for this. And so I'm just trying to be more dependent upon God. I think one purpose in trials we just read is to produce a dependence and a steadfastness in our faith. And so for anyone listening who's a believer in Christ, I really challenge you to think through that and see how's God trying to grow you deeper in your dependence and love for him. And then the the goal of a Christian is to be image bearers and to spread the gospel to make disciples. And so in this time, how can I leverage this? Because we know the gospel lives in reality. That as we think about real things, the gospel has power. When we're distracted from reality, it's easy to ignore something like the gospel because if you feel like you have everything figured out and everything's going well, you, you feel like you have everything under control, you don't see a need for God, even though you always need God. You're just distracted from it. And so in times like this, the distraction's been taken away and people are starting to really question things and it's an opportunity to be able to love them well and share the gospel well. And so so I see this as an opportunity. There's plenty of fear, uh, a lot of unknowns that I'm still praying through. But I know if God is in control of all this, then he has a plan for all those things. And I got to just trust his plan for those things. Yeah. And lastly, uh, I'll say that it does for the person that's that has a hard time relating to a neighbor and not knowing how to like bridge that gap mm -hmm. to say, hey, it's like, I mean, here's your invitation. Like this right. is an instant point of connection. Yeah. Anyone can talk about this. Yeah, you know? play in your so. front yard and say your backyard with your kids and your neighbors will probably come out because they're bored and stuck in their house. Oh, yeah. So I'm a little excited about that whole yeah, aspect of it. Me too. There's a lot of, in a lot of ways where uh, it, it causes 
communities to pull together. When everybody's afraid of the same thing, you tend to galvanize together. Yeah. You know? And the gospel thrives in those kind of times. And yeah. So be be on alert and be ready, um, you know, to give a defense, as Peter says, right? Yeah. Um, be ready to love well. Be ready to be empathetic. Be ready to pray with and for your neighbors and and show a genuine faith. Let's not be those Christians that um, that look, that talk a talk, but don't walk it. Let's mm-hmm. be those that show the love of Christ um, because we have a genuine faith in the Lord. And that'll be something that'll be powerful in the lives of others and be ready to share why you have that confidence. Yeah. You know? That's good, man. I feel good. I feel encouraged. Not <laughs> yeah. that feelings matter, but I appreciate the, yeah. the wisdom there. Yeah. Well, I hope it's helpful. I know that right now in times like this, it can feel very eerie. Like I said, um, it's it's a different territory, but different it's okay because uh, we know God's in control. So um, praying that God uses times like this to bring himself a lot of glory as he shows up and in these kind of times, he gets all the glory, and that's what's best for all of us. Good stuff. All right, guys, thanks for listening. All right, later. Season two of the Change Up podcast is sponsored by members of the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. And if you don't have a home church, please come check us out. 1015 every Sunday morning. More information can be found at thefieldnola.com.